In this episode, I talked to my friend Jess. Jess has been doing a very interesting challenge for, I think, a couple months, where her and a couple of friends challenge each other to do something that scares them every day. I was very interested to find out how this challenge has actually worked out, why she was interested in doing this challenge in the first place, and what are the impacts that this challenge has had on her life. I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it too. All right. Hello, Jess. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. So th- the reason I was interested in talking to you, which I probably have already told you, is because you and Pearl, right? So I know Pearl through Toastmasters. I met you through Spikeball mainly. Um, you two have a, I don't know, a challenge or whatever you want to call it, where you're both trying to do something uncomfortable every day. Right. Yes. So this is something I've heard about people doing it. I didn't know how serious you were about doing it, but according to you, you're pretty serious about it. So I wanted to learn more. Um, so why did you decide to do this challenge? Okay, so it's technically do something every day that scares you. So not just it, that challenges you, that scares you. So I'm not a I'm not a huge like 2020 January goal person you know I don't get to January and I'm like okay what are my goals for the year but this year I felt really convicted from different things that I was like okay I I need to do this this challenge and um, different podcasts that I was listening to um, different conversations with friends and then I chatted about it with Pearl and I was talking about you know what I think I should do this but I don't know if I want to because it's scary and I don't know if I want to commit to doing that every day and she goes no way I'm going to do that too. So we started chatting about it and she said, if you're serious, let's do it and we'll keep each other accountable every day. And we were talking about this with our friend Rochelle as well. And now actually fun fact, she just said, I think yesterday, she's like, you know what? I feel left out of this challenge. I think I'm going to try it too. Um, Anyways, so Pearl and I have this challenge and we're trying to do something every day that scares us. Um, and it's kind of been a bit of a snowball effect. And I started posting about it on Instagram, which is how you know. And a few other people started messaging me about it as well. Where, where did this whole idea start? So you said podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. was there a specific person who was doing this uh, challenge? Or how did it come across to your, even to understand that you can do something like this? Totally. Okay, so I started listening to YouTube videos about motivational speeches and like talks with millionaires kind of last year during quarantine. And one of the ones that kept coming up was a talk by Dan Pena, Dan Pena, I'm not sure how to say his name. I think he's like a millionaire billionaire. And when he runs courses for young people, he tells them every day, do something that scares you. And I kept hearing this. And then I was listening to other speeches as well. And apparently it was Helen Keller who, for those of you that don't know, she was born in 1880 and she was blind and deaf. And they were saying that when people asked her, like, how do you, how do you get up every day? How do you survive? She apparently said, well, every day I do something that scares me. Now I looked into it and apparently Eleanor Roosevelt also said something similar. So I'm not sure who, who coined the phrase, but I mean, I'm not blind, I'm not deaf. So if they can, if someone can do that, like, how can I not? I mean, I, I, I can imagine that it's it's probably one of those things that you can't attribute to a single person, right? Like, I think um, 
Like it's a, it's kind of a known thing that you know, like everything good happens outside of your comfort zone, totally. and everything outside of your comfort zone kind of scares you, right? So, yeah. all right. So, how has it practically worked out? That's what <laughs> um, I want to ask this next. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's hard, and they say if you want to if you want to do something and if you're serious about it, you'll tell people because people will keep you accountable. You can't hide. If you tell your friends or your family, for example, if you say, I'm going to quit drinking and then they see you at the bar, they're going to call you out. So as soon as I told the girls and as soon as I posted it on Instagram, people are now holding me accountable. <laughs> um, so an example would be we'd be chatting with the girls and I would be reluctant to confront somebody about an issue and Pearl would instantly call me on it. She'd be like, girl, you know, do something every day that scares you. And I'd be like, oh, OK, now I have to do it. So that's a daily step. Like that's how it starts becoming um, involved in your daily life. Cause you know, and people know, so it could be anything. So, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you can share this without talking about personal information of that uh, person, but like, I would yeah. like to know how you would have reacted had you not this challenge, had you not had this challenge and how you reacted because you were more open to doing something that makes you uncomfortable or scares you. Right. So one thing for me is I have a hard time with confrontation. And so I would rather just find different ways to work things out or I might procrastinate, but that's my own issue. And that scares me. And when you jump on things and act on it, you find out that usually it was more scary in your own head. And then once you deal with it, it's done. Like it's out in the open. Um, I had some things with work, just things that I had to deal with that scared me. Um, and I was able to like jump on it and address it. And now it's been so much better and I'm so much more at peace. And you wonder like, why was that such a big issue? Like, why did I procrastinate dealing with that for months? And now it's no problem, you know? So that's an example right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, even though you didn't describe the, describe the <laughs> example completely, I can completely relate yeah. to that. So you, you kind of overanalyze, you know, like what would this mean? And then once you do it, you're mm -hmm. like, this was like, you know, like a non-issue almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. So what other, and how do you come up with these? I mean, are you guys actually doing it every day or is this like, is this like the plan is to do it every day, but you don't necessarily do it every day. That's the plan. The plan is to do it every day. We don't end up checking in every day, even though we often talk every day. Um, it's your own personal journey, right? So you need to find what works best for you. What starts to happen though, is you start to hold yourself accountable too. Like, you know, you know, when something pops up, if you're avoiding it, and then you start to address why am I avoiding that? So it's definitely something every day that I strive for, but some days it might be am I going to go over that ski jump or am I going to deal with that conflict? You know, it's not the same every day. Do you, do you feel like there are things um, like lingering things that keep coming up or do you feel like it's mm. just like, let me hit this uh, jump? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think once, I guess my question is like, once you change your mindset and you become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, do you kind of like keep going back and be like, all right, what other things like, you know, what am I doing right now that I could do in a different way? Or is it more like just in the moment, like, what, what, what can I do to like check this off? That's a, I don't know. That's a deep question. I don't know. <laughs> um, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I will. So it actually, I would say it's actually addicting because 
you start to figure out that you're so much bigger than your fears and you start to metaphorically check, th check things off your list. Um, and it, it, it also becomes a, a, like addicting that endorphin high and all of a sudden things that scare you don't scare you as much anymore. Um, and your, your life starts to move better too. Um, for me, I'm more confident in so many different areas and you're not wasting your time. For example, with girls, sometimes we'll wait for guys to make the first move. Um, and so that's just this discussion that I've had with my girlfriends, because if you step out and you're not afraid to make the first move, you'll find out if he's interested or not, and then you're not wasting your time. So this is actually, I would, uh, I don't often get to ask these questions from a female <laughs> perspective. So I would love to know in your guys's mind why is it such an awkward thing to approach a guy because it's like a because the game doesn't get played that well if you play it that well that means you're de desperate or like what is the mm. thought process like it doesn't make sense to me why is it i don't know if i'm a good person to ask for this because i'm pretty outspoken and i, I grew up with brothers so i'm really really comfortable with guys but for some people that's not the case you know some girls grow up a, as a single child or with sisters, or maybe they're just not as comfortable with guys. Um, also, it's nice to know that someone's attracted to you or interested in you before you stick your neck out and kind of embarrass yourself, right? So it, de it's a, it depends, but it's really funny because I'm super confident and super strong. But then if I'm like hesitant, I'll be like, oh, I don't know, should I, should I not? And it's weird, it's weird how something like that can make you nervous. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. I think I rambled. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's similarities between uh, uh, guys and girls in that situation, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I heard I heard this, <laughs> um, you know, the typical thing that you hear is like, well, what is there to lose if you approach someone and they say no? Mm. It's like, what is this? <laughs> and then there was this argument that I found so funny. This guy was saying, uh, when you get rejected, Basically, the other party is saying you're not good enough for you mm. for your genes to be passed on to the next generation. So it's like <laughs> such a deep rejection that he's like, no, like it makes sense why people are fearful of approaching potential mates. I was like, oh my god, that's oh that's why actually it's better if you don't think that way. Yeah, so. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've actually heard that, but a long time ago, um, it's probably the vulnerability to be honest, because if you actually are interested in someone and you reach out to that person, you're being vulnerable to the rejection. Which I, I mean, I think there's so many parallels among that, right? I, I don't know if you know, like I'm a huge UFC fan, but one of the things that I respect a lot about these guys is the guys and girls who fight in the UFC is the fact that they risk so much going and fighting and possibly getting like knocked out unconscious in front of millions of people, right? That just yeah. takes a lot of gut and you just kind of respect people who take massive risks. That's so true. But anyways, that's a that's a tangent. All right, back back to the doing something <laughs> uncomfortable. So yeah. what are what are I mean, if you feel comfortable, what are mm -hmm. some of the things that you have done that that stand out or even Pearl has done? I don't know if you have permission mm -hmm. from Pearl to share things that she has done. But is there anything specific you can share? There are. Okay. I I'm not sure. I think I'll let like Pearl probably speak for herself. I think one thing I can say for all of us is um, we don't hold back as much, even if it's like something like, should I plan to like, not for me, for some of my friends, 
who want to move to different countries. And that's something that they want to do, but maybe their friends or parents are advising them not to, but that's something they want to do. And instead of hesitating so much, people are starting to like personal myself and my friends are starting to take more action. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, why are we so afraid, you know? And, oh, it's just so exciting. But for me, one thing that I did is, I don't know if you, you know, I train at F45. So this is an example I can share. Um, I train at F45 and I've had so many people message me about it. Like so many friends, family. And I kept thinking, I was like, man, I need to reach out to F45 and like, ask them for a promo code for my family and friends or try and work with them or something because it's just, there's just opportunities here that I'm not tapping into. Wait, why do you think people are so interested in F40? Because it's like such a novel way of working out. It's so different. Or why is um, it that it captures people's interest? And yeah. full, fully because I haven't gone to F45. But, okay. I mean, I've seen some advertisements from it, but why right. do you think it's something that captures people's attention? Because um, it's so different. I suppose so. I think maybe it's also fun. And one thing that I've really noticed is community. Like community, we've all missed community and people so much. So I started training at F45 in like the fall of 2020 and my coworker and I, and that was one thing every day that we got out of the house. Cause when you work from home or if you work at the office, you know, there's barely any people, you don't see people anymore. Right. So it's a safe way to go and train and like same thing get your endorphins going water your steps in and you actually see people um and then you start to build those connections you know the trainers they say hello to you um every day is different and then people can come or go so that was just huge for me like that i was right that that totally makes sense community aspect of especially during the coronavirus <laughs> like, exactly. like a lot of our communities have been dismantled so that totally makes it so what happens so you reach out to okay, them and, yeah. and yeah sorry so I, I feel like that's I kinda, all right no yeah. it's important because not everyone knows what f45 is so i had to work up the courage to reach out to f45 because i was going to talk to them about doing like an instagram collaboration um and i only have like 2000 and something followers so i'm a like a baby instagrammer um, and I've never done that. I've, I've worked with brands before, but I've never reached out to them. So I had to work up the courage to reach out to F45 and be like, hey, like, <laughs> would you guys like to work with me? Um, and that was weird because I, I felt like I was acting entitled or I felt like I was acting bigger than I was, which is not the case, but that's how I felt. And it scared me. Like I was scared of coming across wrong or being rejected. Anyway, they got back to me right away and they're like, hey, Jessica, no worries. Like the manager will contact you, blah, blah, blah. And he talked to me right away and he's like, yeah, Jessica, like we love having you come, like let's sort something out. And so now I have a code that my family and friends can use for the two week trial anytime, anytime. And we're probably gonna do some future things together as well in the next coming months. But that was a big step for me. And I was so excited. I just like was shook that I was stressing about this. That was so easy. All I had to do was step out and do it. I mean, I think they're more lucky to have you than passionate customers or, uh, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. people who are passionate about it and, I, and I'm passionate about a lot of stuff like Chipotle. I love Chipotle. <laughs> These guys should pay me even though I don't have any followers, but I talk about it all the time. 
like people like that are just very important right because they just pass the message along and just get everyone else excited about it um is that something you're afraid of Payman? should you reach out to chipotle, to chipotle? i don't think chipotle is gonna care about me they're a massive company i have some of their shares but i don't think they care uh they care uh, me liking their food i actually submitted right. the idea um that that was supposed to get presented to the ceo but I don't yeah. think my idea made it that tough. But yeah, anyways, we don't have to talk about Chipotle. <laughs> uh, cool. So that's that's one of the things. Is there any other areas of now? I'm asking you all, all you everything can, about you. Can, yeah, totally. I wrote down a lot of ideas. And, sure. Um, so what like, else? What else has stood out in these things that you have done that are scary or uncomfortable? Uh, for me, one thing has also been posting about my fitness, and I don't I don't know why that's been such a big issue. But I previously I haven't. Um, and I like, I'll post that I go to the gym, but I haven't really posted what I'm doing. And I had to think about that. Like you, that's one thing with this whole challenge is you actually have to get to the root. Like, why does this actually scare me? Like what, what issue is going on in me? So I think it was like, as soon as similar to the UFC fighters, people are going to be correcting their form. And they're also, they're like not wearing a whole lot of clothes. So people can see what they look like. They can you know, so as soon as I started posting about my fitness, I was opening myself up to criticism. Um, maybe like, you know, just things like that. You're just more public. But as soon as I started doing that, all of these opportunities opened up. Um, I hit 2000 followers within like a week. And how many did you have before? Maybe like 1800 type thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I don't think it's the fact that I posted about fitness. I think it's the fact that I'm passionate about it. Um, I stepped out and shared something with people that's like, it's authentic to me and people connect with that. So, and then all of a sudden I've had these, I won't tell you which ones, but I've had random like fitness brands reach out to me that I'm slowly going to start working with more and more because I'm already training. So they're like, Hey, let's work with you. Um, at 45, I did the collab with, I'm going to do a collab with them. I even had another local brand reach out to me. That one I can't talk about yet, but I had a, a local brand reach out to me and say, Hey, like, we'd love to work with you. You're in Vancouver. Like, let's move forward with this. And I never had that opportunity until I started, until I started posting about my fitness. So that's, a, that's a very interesting thing. And again, I, I, I hate to beat the bush but i think a great strategy by these brands right because i mean otherwise when you pay someone who has like a lot of followers and they don't really care about your product mm. people can tell right like people can yeah. tell what you actually like and what you don't like what you're totally. doing just because you're getting paid and what you're doing because you like something totally. so what is it about uh fitness is a big thing for you right even though yeah, even though in spike ball you're not as as good as i am <laughs> But I know that <laughs> I, I, uh, I know that fitness is a bit. And why is uh, and how long has fitness been a big thing for you? And I mean, hmm. just just yeah, tell me more I, about your journey towards fitness. Sure thing. So I actually got into fitness. I started training with a coworker of mine back when I was a hairdresser, like a long time ago, years and years ago. And like I, I was active as a kid and a teenager, did a lot of random sports and stuff, but I never consistently like trained fitness wise like sports is fun you know so i started training with her just something to do and and then all of a sudden it started help like helping with my mental health because i was so stressed i was so stressed i was like emotionally like riled and blah 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 but every time we went and worked out it was a release of all that energy 
and we conquered something. And then I had signed up for a Tough Mudder, my first Tough Mudder, like way back when. And so then I had to go train, otherwise I was going to die when we did the Tough Mudder. So that's kind of how this journey started. And then I just started to feel better. You feel better, you look better, you have more confidence. But that's why I started. And it was so, so interesting to me because people, when they found out I was doing all these boot camps, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't, you don't need to lose weight. You're fine. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm not trying to lose weight. Like, I'm doing it for my mental health, like my emotional well-being. So that was just, it's never been about losing weight for me. Like, that's not how I got into working out. Yeah, just- oh, man, that makes me, because uh, the COVID-19 crisis has definitely messed up my workout routine. Like, I, I did a lot of jujitsu. Nice. And I loved it, you know, like I would wake up in the morning and just get excited before work, like at 7am, I would go like get choked out or choke some people out. Oh and gosh. I did a lot of like cycling. But a lot of that has has been has been like kind of this, but I completely relate to what you're talking about, right? Like you just feel good. Like after you have yeah. done a session, you just literally feel good. So is it like a habit for you now? Like if you don't work, do you work out daily? Hmm. Uh, no, no, I do not work out daily. I've learned you have to take rest days and people are going to come after me for this. But no, I, I always take a minimum of two day rest days now, because otherwise you're so fatigued that you're not actually gaining anything at that point. Your body's just like slowly deteriorating, at least for me. So I work out five days a week and I do F45 like four or five times a week. Now I'm going to start doing my own gym workouts as well. And I want to get back into jogging, but I'm procrastinating. So <laughs> we'll have to check back in with that, but I'm going to go back and start jogging again too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 but it's like, it's like a habit for you, right? Like if a week goes by and you don't do it, you literally just don't feel oh, right. Not at all. Like, no, no. Um, I don't feel good. Like if I don't, if I don't work out, I'll probably look the same. I don't feel good. I don't feel energized. I'll feel like lazy. I don't feel motivated. Um, the days that I go work out before I work my office job, I'm more productive. Like if I just get up and maybe I'm going to the office or I'm working from home that day, I'll have a slower morning. It's not as productive. But if I go work out, come back, have my coffee, shower, my mornings are always better. Yeah, something I can totally relate to. But you you mentioned stuff that the mental health. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you feel comfortable sharing? I mean, was it yeah. that generally you were stressed out or? Uh, when I got into mental health? Or, yeah. Sorry, where, when I got into training or now? Yeah. When you got into training, like what was it like before? What were the struggles you were having with mental health? Um, specifically, I am very empathetic. So I feel people's emotions and... At the time I was coaching gymnastics and I was being, I was a hairdresser um, and I would be so stressed because it's someone's hair, like it's on their head. So I would just have all this anxiety, like, oh my gosh. And some people are so chill and other people, like I had one guy start crying, even though I, I didn't like his hair was fine, but he wanted it just like shaped different. So we just shaped it differently after and he was totally fine, but he started crying. And I was just like, like it's for me it was I'm I think I'm too sensitive to be a hairdresser like I was just so um it's someone's hair and I care so much so even if it's like I would be stressed until their hair was done and they loved it but the whole like three hours or whatever if you're foiling and cutting I would be so stressed so going and working out you're just like that full release of all that stress and all that energy 
that uh yeah that sounds uh that doesn't sound like a good time if you're stressed <laughs> out for a three-hour process and you're just stressing uh, the whole time i know yeah. i know yeah but yeah then, it, sorry go on that's okay i was gonna say like that's obviously not every hairdresser's experience that was just me like <laughs> some people are totally fine like they're chill they just go through the process not me i was too stressed <laughs> But it's it's crazy, right? Like a lot of people have the same similar experiences working out, and I don't know why. I mean, do you know why that is? Why is it that like everyone talks about? You know, you release the mm. stress. Like that metaphor is something that get, that gets used all the time. Where like when you work out, you stop caring yeah. about like mundane stuff. I, I don't understand why that happens. I have definitely experienced it. I've heard multiple people talk about it, but I don't really know why. Do you know why it happens? I totally have looked up this. Um, it's regarding energy. So I, I can't remember the scientific side of it, but from an emotional side of it, we as humans have energy. And if things emotionally rile us or excite us, and if we don't release that, we have pent up energy inside us. So for example, if you cry, that's a release of energy. If you go and meditate, that's a release of energy. If you go and do sprints, that's a release of energy, whatever you want to call it. You may still be mad after, but you have released so much energy that you had to use for those sprints. Um, so those are that that's just like a, a natural, healthy thing to do for yourself. Because sometimes when you like you're stressed and you don't meditate or anything, you go to bed, you wake up, you're not refreshed. You know what I mean? When you wake up and you're still like stressed, you haven't found a way to properly release that energy, whatever it may be. So this, this actually, so it's interesting. I got into like working out when I was like much younger um, and I was like super into it for a couple of years. And when I was super into it, as you can imagine, I love the rock, right? Dwayne Johnson. Right. Uh, because he's been working out. Like, he just works out like a madman, right? It's like, it doesn't even make sense. I'm like, why do you need to be that big, man? Like, what is going on? Like, um but he talks about it like he's like working out as an anchor for me as in he just keeps it it, it allows him to keep his life kind of uh stable mm -hmm. and he he always advocates for people to find their anchor right like what is it that you can do on a daily basis yeah. that just kind of level sets you and i think that's a really good advice i mean it doesn't have to be working out it totally. doesn't have to be meditation it just has to be something that works for you but being able to find a find an avenue like that is really helpful like even something as simple as like you know like i've been working remotely for for a year now and i'm probably going to be working remotely for foreseeable future like one of the things that i've done is like make it a point to just like go walk outside either to go to the grocery store or to buy something every day these guys look at me they're like why does he come into the grocery store every day and just like buy you know like one milk and then come back tomorrow and buy like one banana but it's just like it's very helpful for me to just go on a walk and just like something as simple as that. And I think mm. if everyone finds that, like you just feel generally better and you feel anchored. So true. So yeah. along the lines of the YouTube motivational speeches and steps, I love finding out the steps that millionaires take, like successful people. And similar to The Rock, they all have those things that are their, their anchor. So I think it was Elon Musk that said that every day he takes a shower. And that's such a little step, but every morning he gets up and takes a shower. And that's one thing that helps ground him, like his anchor. Because um, morning routines as well is a huge thing for these like very successful people is they all have morning routines. 
um, also a common thing they all do, almost all of them, is they train. Even if it's just a walk or even if it's just, you know, they train three times a week, that is a common thing of successful people because it helps ground them, anchor them. Uh, Jess, uh, this is going to be a random <laughs> question. How do you define success? Because... Ooh, um, I would say, I, yeah. the, the, the reason I'm interested is because, um, I don't know, like in my mind, you keep referring to millionaires, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we, it's a good assumption to make that every millionaire has done something, mm -hmm. but we all know of millionaires who are just, I, at least in our personal eyes, are just not doing anything valuable, right? Totally. Uh, so I'm curious, how, have you thought about it? How do you define success? Well, that's a personal journey. Like, so my definition of success is going to be completely different than someone else. Of course. And it's totally valid that there are people that are millionaires, billionaires, very, very wealthy that are depressed, that don't have a good relationship with themselves or their family. So I totally get that as well. But the flip side is you have more options. If you have more money, you have more options to give if you have more money too. So no, I don't want to be completely driven by money. At the same time, these people are successful in whatever field that they have, whether they're a musician or an actor or Elon Musk, they're successful in their field because they have those steps or those anchors that work for them. So that's why I love to find what works for them because I'm trying to find what works for like best for me. I mean, I think that's the best way of doing it, right? You just have to like take input from kind of everyone's life, right? Like, yeah. and see what they're doing, evaluate it for your own life and see if it helps you or not. But you still didn't answer my question. How do you define oh, success? Sorry. Um, okay, so success for me would be, I would love to be financially stable. I would love to get to the point where I have my own business um, in some way. I would love to have the option to travel. Success for me would be to have enough money that I can travel or do something I love, like continue exploring with acting, or to be able to help my family, to be able to financially give to my family. That's success for me. Success for me is to be happy, healthy, financially stable, connecting with family and friends, connected with myself and learning. That's how I would define success for myself. That's a that's a beautiful uh, definition of a success success, and I would say mine is not far off from that. And I think yeah, the the financial freedom is a big thing, right? Yeah. Because when you don't have the financial freedom, then money is kind of everything, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you always hear it, right? Like these rich people say, money doesn't solve the problem, and then you see in the comments, <laughs> like some dude comments is like, dude, money will literally solve all my problems, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Like, so true. Uh, it's just different perspective and uh yeah that that whole thing that up to a certain point yeah money solves a lot of problems but then mm -hmm. it, the marginal benefits of it go down all right so wait hold on you just brought up something that i wanted to discuss further what did you just bring up acting acting yes <laughs> acting so oh, you're in yeah yeah i knew this was gonna happen okay this, you so, can this can be yeah. something uncomfortable for today right so, that's okay um that scares me along the lines of do one thing that scares you every day. So I've been involved in background and film since the spring of 2016. So the first 
show I ever worked on as background was actually the pilot for Riverdale, which is now huge. But at the time, nobody knew the cast except for Cole Sprouse. And that was pretty exciting for me. So I love film. I love doing background. I only do it here and there occasionally now. Now I mainly work my other jobs, but I finally got into acting classes. Um, let me see, before COVID, so maybe fall 2019. So I've been in, and then we had to transition to online acting classes uh, during COVID. So that's been something that scares me. And it's been, a, it's been an amazing learning experience as well, like learning the craft of acting. And now I need to get to the point where I put myself out there more because that's, that's probably one of my biggest fears right now is being judged for my acting because it's so important to me. So when did you, have you always kind of liked acting? Like, did you grow up liking, um, thinking that you want to be an actor? Actress? Act, actress, yeah. Uh, well, when I was a little kid, I have this picture that's like in my mind. I was about seven and I painted this picture and I wanted to be an actor, singer, like model. And then I remember go, growing up and just being like, well, that's completely impossible because I can't act. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm not super skinny. And I didn't think I could sing. And it's not that anybody necessarily told me any of that. That was my perception. Those are my fears that I put on myself and I limited myself. So, and now anything's possible. Like you can do pretty much anything you want if you like step out and start walking in that direction. So when I was in business school, I found out a girlfriend of mine is doing stand-in on the show, The 100. And I was like, what? No way. Like, I love that show. Like, I've always been in love with film, but thought it was like way up here. And I'm down here. Like, I thought it was way too scary and too big for me to get into. I thought it was too unimportant and not daring enough. So that's how I became involved in film, is finding out how to work behind the scenes like stand-in or background or whatever, like just smaller things. Um, and I love, I love shows. I love film. I love movies. Like, and that's why we love actors too, is because actors show us the side of themselves that they don't show to everybody. You know, that's why we love actors. That's why we love shows and movies because it's vulnerability and we connect with them, like that human side of us. So that's why I love acting so much. <laughs> Okay, that, that answers my question. Um, I, I haven't been watching a lot of movies and shows lately, and I kind of miss watching it. Like, probably the last... Yeah, you know, like, I haven't been super into a movie or a show in a long time, and I kind of miss that feeling. I just yeah, want to watch... I, so I think the last one that I watched that I was completely, like, floored by it was mm -hmm. the Italian movie that's about the Holocaust. Have you heard of it? Um, a Guide to a Good yeah. Life. Good Life. A Guide to a Good Life or something like that right it is so well done like that was one of the movies that like it ended that i was like this is a masterpiece you know like it's just so maybe i'll ask you about some of your favorite movies because maybe yeah, totally. yeah um... well have you seen game of thrones oh yeah so anyways i don't think this should be on the podcast but everyone keeps talking about game of thrones and i have this repulsive reaction when i see a dragon like anytime i see a dragon i'm like i don't know if i want to go into this fantasy world um and I think that's that's probably something I should change. But like, I don't like, I don't, controversial opinion. I don't like superhero movies. I don't like 
you know, like Spider-Man jumping out of the sky and saving everyone. Like, I like things that could potentially be real or better yet are based on real stories. Um, these fantasy stuff, unless they have like really good message along them, which seems like Game of Thrones has, I kind of struggle with them. Like, this is too like unreal for me, you know, like, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think you need to give it a shot simply because sometimes we're proved wrong. Yeah. I'm, right. Like I, I'm not a romantic comedy person. I, I have judgments about romantic movies, yeah. but that's my own judgments. And I'm missing out on experiences of amazing movies that I haven't seen because I have a judgment of that genre. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you should check it out. Yeah. I think it's like a lot of commitments, right? It's probably like 20 hours well, or how many hours is the, how many seasons? Yeah. Just start with season one, start with season yeah. one. And the thing is, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen Game of Thrones, but dragons are not alive anymore in Game of Thrones. So that's what the buildup of the whole show is, is that they've died out. So, you oh. know, yeah, that's a, like, I mean, but it still says that they existed at one point. They did. Which is the same thing. It's, you know, that doesn't help the cause. It's still fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, other uh, shows, have you seen Ozarks? Yeah. Ozarks, I've heard. Ozarks really is good amazing. And that and, could happen. Yeah. Ozark, actually, Ozark is the one I should check out. So yeah. Ozark, yeah, could happen. Right. And I think, totally. anyways, I don't, I don't know if you should talk about shows for, for the next like uh, 10 minutes. So, so what did we, no I think we covered, we covered the, the big things that initially, I know that you thought about some of the things that you wanted to talk about. Is there mm. something specifically that you would like to talk about? Mm. Well, back, back to the things that scare me. Um, it's been really, really interesting because I've had to dig deeper into what scares me and the acting part, like really identifying because I've been procrastinating with some of my acting. I'm like, why am I pushing against this so much? And it comes down to fear. Like I'm, I'm afraid of being that vulnerable. And I think I'm afraid of failing at something I'm so passionate about. So to try and round it all up, I'm trying to be purposeful about pushing forward in my acting and not letting my fear stop me. I'm trying to use that with regards to conflict with relationships or work or family or friends. I'm trying to use that with my Instagram being less fearful uh, fearful of judgment or what have you. Um, and I'm also trying to use it for myself with relationships because this is, the, I was just thinking about that this past couple of days. I think I have a fear of truly being connected to someone and having them leave me because of stuff in my past. Like we often have trauma from when we were kids. So that's one of my fears, but I can't go around life living that way. I'm going to limit my connections with people. Um, another huge fear for me and my friend Hillary is going to laugh at this one. Uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. That has been a huge thing for me. And that's such a, a little fear, but fear of missing out like pre COVID days, I would go to every spike ball, get together, like every party, like everything. I would go to every birthday. I would be exhausted a bit, but I'll be like, I'll be there. I'll help you move. Like fear of missing out is, was, was so huge for me and it's not as huge now. So that would be something. And That's, everybody has to figure yeah. it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those are really um, deep thoughts and 
I mean, deep awareness of yourself and, and, and being aware of being aware to that level, obviously is a very good thing, right? Which allows you to take the right steps to like, so because like, I mean, not many people think as deeply as you being like, you know, I'm fearful of people leaving me because of like my childhood or like, the, you know what I mean? So that's a, that's yeah. a good thing that you're aware of it. And, and then you mm. can take steps to work on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that was too deep for me, actually. I, <laughs> I'm having a hard time recovering from it. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, 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 I'm joking. You know what? I've, I've learned that from acting. That's why I've learned that. It's taken me, what, we're in 2021 now. I've been in acting classes for over a year, like a, almost a year and a half. And like we have to, you have to face your fears with acting and you have to know yourself. So I didn't just like show up in acting class and know that. That's been a huge journey for me to get to the point where I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what's really going on in me. You know why I mean? do you think? Why do you think that is? Why does acting? I mean, can you expand on that? Why does acting? Why do you need to be so comfortable with yourself in acting, given that you have to be someone else? Because you're not someone else. You're basically like the two become one. You're yourself as that person in that situation. So you bring your fear your energy you're bringing life to that person like it's hard for me to explain but it's not like you just pretend to be that person no you are that person like now your name is whatever joe and you have the issues that that character has so i can't i can't be vulnerable in a scene if i don't know what it's like to be vulnerable i can't you know what i mean like you have to go through all of like your issues in order to have full expression of yourself for example, wow. yeah, like that's, it's, it's so deep, but actors that let us see all of them, they've worked through their issues. Matthew really? Is this something that's, that's openly taught? Like, is this a known thing or is this a theory or, or is this uh, something I don't know about? This like, is I've never made that connection. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, every actor is going to be different. They're not, you know, but that's why we have actors that we consider the greats is because that I, they are so vulnerable with us. They let us see their baggage. They let us see what it's like to be at their wits end. You know, if like Matthew McConaughey, like I was saying, he, he is so vulnerable with us. He's so right. He's so humble. He lets us see what he's like when he's depressed or when he's upset. And you have to be so like confident and vulnerable and okay with that. That's interesting because I never thought about it that way. Right. Because I thought like, Mm -hmm. Because I, I I always thought of definition of vulnerability, you sharing something that's that represents you, right? And I always mm-hmm. like when you're an actor, you're playing this other character. So even no. though you act depressed, you're not really being vulnerable in your own emotions, but in the no. emotions of this character that you're playing. But that's an interesting way yeah. of of listening to it. Like you can't have those emotions unless you really think about your own life. Well, it, it's it's with regards to feeling. Yeah. If if that actor doesn't feel it, we don't feel it. You know, when you, you know, when you see acting and you know, it's not good, but you're, you're kind of like, but you can't put your finger on why it was bad. It's because they actually weren't affected. They actually yeah. didn't feel it. So when an actor is actually feeling it, they might have, they might not be saying anything, but their eyes are communicating everything because they're feeling what it's like to be left or to be loved or like they feel it. We feel it. What was that? What was that Netflix thing? Um, you definitely know it. They got a divorce. It's about the, um, the marriage story. Oh, that was great acting. 
Yeah, that was great acting. Yeah, and because they felt it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they allowed us to see that. That's a, that's actually a good way of thinking. I never thought about acting that way, but yeah, I think yeah. I think you're you're completely correct. It's that's way of thinking about it. Right. Well, it's it's none of my own research. Like, shout out to Karen De Silva, my teacher. She's the one that's been teaching us, but it's it's true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's doing the research, but yeah, yeah, she's she's giving you the best nugget to make you to make you more vulnerable to so that you become a better actress. All right, Jess. Uh, I think we covered most of the ground. I appreciate yes, you taking definitely. the time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation too. I did. Yeah, it was lots of fun. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, you heard what our thoughts are. I would love to hear what's yours. Go to anchor.fm slash that random thought and send us a voice note letting us know what you think.